All right, so today's not a Bible study post per se, but rather instead it is a study about Bible study. This question comes from Mark and Robin. Uh, question, would you suggest a few specific Bible study tools that you like? Whose commentaries do you recommend? Thanks. I'd be glad to. I think this is a great idea to talk about some resources that can help you build your own uh, your own resource library to study the Bible. Uh, a lot of people are intimidated to study the Bible, and so resources like these can definitely help you um, sort of get your mind around the kinds of things that are available to you to help you understand what you're reading even better. And of course, if you're a Bible teacher, having resources like these are invaluable. Um, it's, uh, it would be nice to think that teachers just sort of are endowed by God with incredible amounts of knowledge, just all of a sudden out of the blue. That's not really the case. I do think that the Holy Spirit does provide a word of knowledge, maybe even a word of prophecy in regard to, uh, understanding and illuminating scripture by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that happens from the pulpit. Uh, but that in no way diminishes uh, the importance of studying the Bible. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a story. I was in Guatemala uh, some years ago, I think it was 2014, and uh, I had an opportunity to teach a pastor's, actually a couple of pastor's conferences down there. And so they had gathered a bunch of uh, pastors in Guatemala uh, to go through um, uh, uh, a number of topics related to ministry and that. And so at the end of a number of the uh, sessions, we would leave time for questions and answers. And I always remember at the end of one of, uh, one of the uh, Q&As, somebody asked the question, um, you know, uh, what do you think? Uh, do you think it's a good idea for a pastor to just trust the Holy Spirit, go up to the pulpit without having prepared and just teach? Uh, do you think that's a good idea? And uh, it was it was a lot of fun answering that question because it hadn't I, I had to answer through an interpreter and all that kind of stuff is a lot of fun. But uh, but the basic answer was no. Uh, we do rely on the Holy Spirit, but in no way do we deny what Paul told Timothy when he said to study to show yourself approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who rightly divides the word of truth. You think of somebody like uh, Ezra. Um, in uh, Ezra 7.10, where he um, prepared his heart to study the law of, of God and to do it and to teach its statutes in Israel. And of course, there's admonitions in place like Nehemiah and elsewhere, where it speaks about speaking distinctly, teaching distinctly from the Word of God. And so the idea of preparing to share and break forth the bread of life, the Word of God, is a, is a huge responsibility. James, as a matter of fact, talks about how if you feel like you want to be a teacher, put the brakes on a little bit. Don't be so quick to jump into that role because there's a much stricter judgment upon teachers. That is both true in terms of our handling of the Word of God from God's perspective. We have a really want to understand the weight of this responsibility. But also, um, you know, if you're in a church of people who love to study the Word and you don't study, that's going to come out before long. People are going to realize that you're just sort of winging it. Uh, I'll tell you one more story, and it really uh, it really hit me. It was a good friend of mine, and, and this is a good uh, uh, reason why we need people that can speak truth to us. There was teaching a Bible study uh, back in Illinois where we're from, and we were going through the book of Hebrews, which is one of my very favorite books in the Bible. And uh, But I was also working full-time at the time, and I just didn't have the time that I wanted to study. And this happened a couple of weeks in a row. Uh, where you could tell, like, I was not really digging into the passage and teaching it effectively. It was really just kind of reading the passage, just doing my best with it in the moment. Um, and uh, after one of the studies, uh, and I think it was even in our own house, we had the study in our house at that time, 
And uh, Frank was his name. He came up afterward, and I'll always appreciate this. He said, um, he said, Brian, you know, he pulled me aside privately. He said, Brian, you know what? This is important. You can't just wing this. You can't just go up and just wing a Bible study. This is important what you're doing. And uh, it really convicted me. It was, it was a very, it was a loving rebuke. It was a very loving rebuke. And it really uh, caused me to realize that if you're not prepared to teach something, you, you better not teach it. Um, now, again, so that, that doesn't mean that there aren't times when you're called upon all of a sudden to, to share, to teach something that you're just like you were not expecting and, and you rely on the Lord and he, he shows up. But he's not going to carry you if you're not going to care enough to study. And so um, uh, that was certainly true in that instance. So when it comes to talking about Bible study resources, I, I love to talk about this because it's a really valuable thing for us to have a uh, either literally or digitally uh, a bookshelf full of resources that help us uh, disseminate the truth of God uh, to those who are hearing. And so let me talk first about a few digital resources. Uh, one is what is called the Blue Letter Bible. Uh, it's blueletterbible.org, and it is a free resource, and it is, in my opinion, the best free resource that you can find for Bible study. Uh, it has lots of commentaries. It has lots of Bible uh, versions, you know, translations that you can uh, compare. Uh, uh, if you use a Bible translation, they probably have it on there. Of course, all the major ones are on there, and a few others that are not as well-known as others are on there as well. Um, uh, it has, um, Greek references and resources, Hebrew references and resources. Uh, it's just a, a fantastic thing and it's free online. You can donate to support it and I would suggest you do, but they don't require it. You can use it for free. You don't have to pay to unlock anything. So let me suggest that the blue letter Bible, uh, a similar one that is also very good, but does require you to pay to the best of my knowledge. I've not been able to find the resources except behind a paywall, uh, and that's Bible Gateway. Uh, it's it's a, another very good resource, uh, although I don't use the full-blown thing, but I did look at the list of resources that you could unlock if you were paying for a subscription, uh, and it looks really good. So if you, if you happen to like that better, maybe the aesthetic, you like the color layout or something better, um, that's a good resource as well. Um, now, I'll mention another one here that is not free, but is uh, you have to buy, but it is one that is used by lots and lots of pastors, scholars, uh, people that do really deep research on things. And this is the Logos Bible software. Logos Bible software has a number of different packages that you can choose to uh, buy. Some are less expensive. Some are you know, upwards of $1,000, $1,500 last I remember checking. I have an older version that I still use that is sufficient for what I'm doing, but there have been a couple of updates since then that I just uh, have not paid for in that. And so, um, you know, it may very well be that that if you're a pastor of a church and the church has gotten the budget to go ahead and do that, we probably could, but I feel like using the older version, which is about five years old now, um, probably is still sufficient for me. And so there may come a point when it either maybe just doesn't run on my computer anymore, or I, I have to upgrade. Uh, or again, if you're part of a church where they can budget in uh, this study resource for you, it's a great, great resource. But if you don't have money to pay for that, the Blue Letter Bible is a fantastic substitute. I mean, a fantastic substitute. I would even recommend trying that first and seeing how that works out for you um, and that kind of thing. So, um, uh, another one that I just came across uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, those uh, brother and I were having coffee and he mentioned a resource on his phone. And, uh, so I went ahead and downloaded, I have yet to really dig into it in that, but he showed me some of it and it looked really cool. 
uh, and it's called the um, the Literal Word app. And there's an iPhone and also Android version of it. So the Literal Word, it's based on the NASB, but it's one of those things where you can click on any word, it pulls up the Greek and all that kind of stuff. It just looked pretty handy. So that's a pretty cool thing to, to consider as well. eSword is another uh, uh, online resource, which is a really good one. They've got a PC and Mac version. Um, so these are, these are some good things to consider. And I would strongly consider whether you're a Bible teacher or, or not, uh, to go ahead and at least download something like, again, eSword or Blue Letter Bible or Bible Gateway or something like that. These can provide a, a lot of resources in a single location digitally that you can pull up on your phone, you can look on, on your computer, and uh, it's it's a fantastic resource in the digital realm. Um, but let me talk also about um, some book resources. Um, I happen to be a very tactile person. Um, you can see I've got books here. My my office is lined with smaller bookshelves. I've got in my closet uh, two big bookshelves full of commentaries and stuff. I've got different areas that cover different topics and prophecy and uh, church fathers and church history and different, uh, um, 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 you know, like down here I've got um, like surveys of the Old Testament, New Testament, all different kinds of things like that. So uh, I am a I am a, a book fiend. I mean I I love books. Now books can be really expensive. If you uh, if you go on Amazon and buy new books all the time, or even if you buy used books, uh, it can really begin to add up. So let me before I even start naming any resources, let me suggest something to you. Uh, find a really good used bookstore in your area. Maybe a Goodwill's got a great book section uh, with with lots of theology things in it. I've been blessed where in Illinois, there was a place in a town nearby that had a great bookstore that I bought all kinds of stuff. You found for a quarter, um, you know, uh, again, surveys on the Old and New Testament. You found Bible dictionaries. You found Strong's Concordance, a big book on uh, um, definitions of all the Greek terms in the New Testament and that. Um, and the Hebrew and the Old Testament. Um, um, when I was uh, when I was doing a lot of very focused apologetics work, I found um, copies of all the different holy quote unquote books from all the different cults and religions and those kinds of things. So I, I was able to build a very substantial library and uh, uh, for you know pennies on the dollar. Uh, nowadays, there's a bookstore near, and I shouldn't say it's really not nearby, but but we go to somewhat frequently. Used to do more when we were a little closer to it, but we still make it a point to get out there. But it's it's another thing. It's just got a huge wall of used books that are uh, devoted to um, you know um, commentaries and resources and study tools for the Bible and that kind of thing. And I have found entire pastors' libraries on the shelves there, and I've just picked up book after book after book. And I don't just pick up indiscriminate. I mean, I found some really good resources there, not just, you know, whatever, like really focused kinds of things. So used bookstores are a great resource, but you do want to be a little bit discriminating about what you pick up because not everything on the Christian bookshelf is good. Some are very bad. Some are very bizarrely out there and that kind of thing. But I'll mention a few authors and a few resources in particular here that I think you should look for and have on your bookshelf. Again, especially if you're a Bible teacher, these are really, really helpful things to have handy. Uh, so let me go through a, a handful of things here just to give you some idea. Um, one that I really strongly recommend 
and I have this digitally in the Logos software, but I also have some hard copy books uh, as well. And this would be Word Pictures in the New Testament by A.T. Robertson. This is just one volume of a larger set. And I don't have the entire set in books, but I do have a, a bunch of them. But again, I do have it on my uh, logo software as well, so I do have it digitally. But uh, A.T. Robertson's work on breaking down uh, the Greek and ex- uh, sort of giving an expanded view of what's in view with some of the language, the terms that are used, and the phraseology and all that kind of thing. That's a great, great resource. And it's one that is used by lots and lots and lots of Bible teachers. And so it's a good one I feel good about recommending. Similarly, there are a couple of other um resources that I have actually given away because I have the digital versions of them. I'm not sure why I haven't done that with the A.T. Robertson. Actually, I probably should. Somebody could probably use that. But um, but uh, another one that, uh, a couple actually, one would be Kenneth Wiest's uh, W-U-E-S-T. And again, I'll put these links in the, um, or I'll put the list here in the uh, notes section here so you can see them. But uh, Wiest's Word Studies in the Greek New Testament and also Vincent's uh, word studies in the New Testament as well. These are both good resources that are very, very similar in a lot of respects. Um, but I, I, I got them both as gifts one time, and I found that they are distinct enough where you can gain some real value from utilizing both. But these, um, uh, and plus, uh, neither one, I think, has the entire New Testament. Uh, so there's some variances to uh, which ones one has and the other has, as I recall. But, uh, um, but uh, it's just good to have them because they do take you through uh, many of the epistles, the gospels, and those things. And, and, and like A.T. Robertson, they break down the Greek and they give the origins of the terms and all this kind of thing. Well, they, they break down the terms sometimes. But they're great to help you understand what the language is saying. Uh, and that's really important because when you're studying the Bible, uh, you want to make sure that you're not just assuming that terminology and, and understanding of terms and phrases or idioms in, uh, in the biblical language are necessarily to be understood the way we do as Westerners. Uh, there's entire books that have been written about um, the mistake of trying to read the Scripture through Western eyes. The Bible is not written to Americans. I mean, it is in the sense that we learn from it and glean from it, but the original audience were people there in the Middle East, around Israel and that. And so we want to make sure that we understand um, and of course, during the Roman Empire and, and the Greek culture and all these kinds of things in the New Testament. And then, of course, the Israelites were the primary focus of the writings in the Old Testament. And so um, so you want to make sure that you don't just read something and, and, and assume that the way you're thinking about it is the way that they were thinking about it. And so to get into the Greek language, to get into the Hebrew and the Old Testament with various resources, this is just a wise thing to have at your fingertips uh, if you can. Uh, another one would uh, oh and well and and uh, let me speak to uh, the question of um, commentaries now a little bit. Um, I I do have an entire set of a couple of commentaries, but in general, I like to suggest that if you're going to study a book of the Bible, find out what are the best commentaries for that book. For example, one entire commentary set I have is by a classic. Uh, modern day, I shouldn't say that's probably a, uh, oxymoron, isn't it? But, um, what is a very, uh, an author who's held in very high regard by lots and lots of Bible students and has been in the modern era for a long time now is Warren Wearsby. And he's got a series called the B series and, uh, BE, like B something, whatever the theme of that particular commentary is, as he has commentaries throughout the entire Bible. Now you can buy these as individual commentaries, like, uh, 
This is uh, one of a small set within the series on minor prophets, but this has like a handful of the minor prophets in it. Other ones would be like the entire Gospel of Matthew or Mark or Luke. I think Luke is a two-part commentary, or maybe John is, I forget. But but you can, uh, you can get them uh, either as individual commentaries for each book or each small little group of books, or they sell it in a couple of hardcovers, a two hardcover set where it's got the Old and New Testament. I think the false, the individual ones have a little bit more information. And also the Logos Bible software also has the, the B series in it as well. But that's a, that's a good basic general commentary throughout the entire Bible. And I especially like to recommend it to younger believers because Warren Wiersbe is extremely readable and he is very, very practical. Lots of great history and background. Uh, and also lots of really good practical application. Uh, he was a pastor's pastor, highly regarded by many, uh, for many for, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. At this, I forget like when he started his ministry, but, but his, uh, and he passed away some years ago now, but he was a gift to the church, probably not 70 years, probably about the last 40 years or so. But, um, um, another one that, is a little harder to read, but is quoted by lots and lots of uh, Bible teachers and commentators. Is um, whoop, whoop, almost dropped it there. Is uh, Henry Alford? Um, this is a set that I've got here on my shelf. I think it's six books, and it covers the New Testament. and um, And he's quoted a lot um, uh, by lots of people. And I don't go to him first necessarily, but I do find him valuable, and so I do utilize his work. Another one like that are the Barnes Notes, B-A-R-N-E-S, Barnes Notes. Um, they're just good references in that. But again, I tend to like the idea of uh, of looking for commentaries based on the book I'm studying. Like when we went through Revelation, I had uh, a bunch of books on Revelation. One of my very favorites was um, was by uh, uh, Barnhouse, Barnhouse's uh, commentary on Revelation, um, also had uh, Wolverd's commentary on Revelation. It just I had uh, a number of them, but they were good on the book of Revelation. And of course, on top of that, because this the the you know how you interpret the book of Revelation is the subject of lots of discussion and debate. I also have other references that deal with the subject of prophecy and how we view these things from different perspectives. In that, I have my perspective on it, but I do like to understand the various other perspectives as well. So, uh, no one commentary necessarily has all of that, and so I like to buy books specific to uh, commentary specific to the books that I'm studying. Um, so let me just, uh, kind of, that's an, probably enough to start again, uh, go online, find blue letter Bible or one of the other ones I suggested and, and, and start to use that. And you will find it is that they are rich with resource. Maybe, um, you know, go to your local used bookstore and see if you don't begin to see some of these other resources that some pastor retired and, and, or a church closed and they sort of dropped the library off at the used bookstore. Uh, you may, gain a treasure, what what likely cost that pastor many hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, can cost you four or five bucks a commentary or a resource of some kind. So let me suggest that. Now, having said all of that, having spent, you know, 20 minutes talking about all of that, which I hope was helpful, let me just throw what is probably an obvious thing, but I just don't want it to go without saying in this discussion. There is the, the best commentary on the Bible is, in fact, the Bible itself. Uh, it is important that we don't pick and choose things to read in the Scripture, but that we make it our habit daily to spend time in it and to make it a practice to, to, to read all of it. 
And when we study to utilize uh, in our Bibles, I would suggest having a good Bible with lots of references, cross-references in the middle columns or side columns based on your Old or New Testament. But um, but spend time looking those cross-references up and get used to using those things. As it takes you around the Scripture, oftentimes as you follow one, it'll lead you to another, to another. There's entire chain reference Bibles uh, that have been made with that in mind. But even when you follow the cross-references, sometimes you will find that as you chase these things down, it will take you from one passage to another to another and help you develop a good, well-rounded idea of what that subject is uh, about. So use the scripture as it's the first best commentary for it. But again, these other resources then help you understand things like the context and the culture and those kinds of things. Um, Also, I like to, when I study the scripture, I like to make sure I've got a pen handy because I will, um, I will spend time and jot, you know, notes down throughout, you know, like as I'm studying a book, I'll put notes and cross references and stuff in my margins uh, I'll write thoughts and ideas that maybe come to mind that just help me remember something significant about the passage that I want to remember. Of course, when I'm teaching, I have notes that I put together for a, a, a teaching and all of that. But even in my own just reading for devotional or even just my personal study, which isn't for a, a message or anything, uh, I'll always have a pen ready to write in the margins. You can write in your margins in your Bible. You're not, it's not sacrilegious to do that. A highlighter pen. You know, that you highlight passages that maybe you want to memorize or jump out of the page at you that you just want to do more study on or something. You're not, you're not defacing a Bible by doing that. As a matter of fact, a, a well-worn Bible, a well-marked up Bible is a good indicator of somebody who is spending time in their Bible studying. So let me encourage you, if you're worried about that, not to be, you're not going to get struck by lightning if you write notes in your Bible. Um, so do that. And a matter of fact, I also typically have a notebook nearby and, uh, I will jot down uh, again, passages that I want to memorize, or I'll, I'll write down ideas, thoughts, maybe for a message that is coming up, or just maybe a thought that I might want to share in a post coming up or something like that. But, you know, uh, to have, to, to, when there's something, and, and I, I say a, a, a pen and a notebook in that because, uh, there is something almost magical about the way that your brain remembers things that you physically write out a little better. Maybe that's not true for everybody, but I do know it's true for most people, that when you see something and you want to remember it, to physically write it down, even more so than typing it on a keyboard, if you handwrite it, it just seems to stick in your mind better. So I think it's a good habit to be in. So anyway, um, hopefully that helps. Uh, that's Those are my baseline resources that I always use. Um, then of course there are other things that, that, you know, I may pull out based on the particular topic. I do lots of research online, not just Wikipedia. That's generally not seen as the, the greatest source you could use, but I do lots of research on topics, on terminology, on history, on culture. Uh, again, I've got lots and lots of resources that I can pull off my bookshelf that I've just collected over the years. Um, that can be helpful. Some are authors that I really agree with and love. Some are authors that I don't agree with very much, but they share an interesting perspective that causes me to think about things. Uh, that can be useful. That can be helpful. Um, so, all right. Well, again, I think that that's probably good enough. That's, uh, that's a lot of stuff to think about and to give you to maybe think about going out and getting or finding or downloading as it may be. But uh, again, I hope it's helpful. So thanks for asking the question. I appreciate uh, the fact that you took time there, Mark and Robin, to ask about this, and hopefully it was useful. So Father, we thank you um, that we live in a day, and most of us probably watching or listening to this live in a, a place where 
we have ready access to the internet or to bookstores or to online bookstores, and we can get resources reasonably easily. And uh, that is uh, something that many, as a matter of fact, most throughout human history have never really had the benefit of. So we thank you that that we do live in a time where we can access these things. And uh, I pray for those who are are desiring to grow in their capacity to study the Bible that they would um, that they would take advantage of that and that they would uh, maybe skip a uh, going out to eat once in a while so they have a little extra money to go buy a, a Bible study resource or a commentary or something like that, um, uh, or maybe they subscribe to uh, a Bible software that they really like. But I just pray that uh, Father that we would uh, just you know be thankful and take advantage of the opportunities that we have to 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 access these kinds of things. Most of all, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, that the scriptures are your revelation to us. And in studying it, there is great gain. And, and drawing close to you as we spend time in it, learning of, of your purposes and your person, learning about who you are and what you do, uh, are, are the, really about the, seriously the most important things we can do. And so thank you for giving us your word. And again, on top of that, even making so many resources and putting your hand on so many people throughout the ages that have given us such good resources that can help us understand. So we love you, Lord. We thank you for this. We pray that we would all be just good, solid students of your word, that we wouldn't uh, leave it to someone else to teach us everything, but that we would learn from them, but we would also take it upon ourselves, even as we said in our, la- as we said in our last post, to, to take it upon ourselves to make sure that we can grow beyond milk and learn to feed ourselves and to get into the meat of the word. So, Lord, we love you and thank you. Uh, we thank you that your word is sufficient and that, Father, um, in it, again, uh, in, in keeping our nose in the book and studying it and learning the word of God, uh, the greatest benefit of all is that we come to know the God of the word. So thank you for all of this, Father. We praise you and we do indeed bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have any other questions or anything like that, uh, as Mark and Robin did and, and, and others have over uh, uh, over the years, uh, feel free to share your question in our comment section in our YouTube channel. Or if you want to email me at info at calvarychapelfranklin.com, you can do that. And uh, and uh, it may very well be that we go ahead and address one of those on a podcast. So, But uh, I do appreciate the question, Mark and Robin. I do appreciate you all listening, watching, joining along. And I do hope that this can be of some benefit to you. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace forever. Amen.